here at 1045. If you're a first-time guest with us today, we're so glad that you are here. And I'd like to encourage you to stop out in our atrium area at our starting point desk and fill out a connection card. Our connection cards will let us get to know you a little bit better. And just for filling one out, we're going to give you a gift card for being here today. So be sure and stop out there at the starting point desk in the atrium. Well, I've got a couple announcements that I want to bring to your attention. And the first one is that today we began reopening our children's area. And of course, it's been a little bit of a gradual thing. So today we started with two and under. And next week, we'll do the same on the 9th with two and under. But then on the 16th, we hope to be back full force in the kids, birth through fifth grade on the 16th. So kind of have to do like what we did here in the sanctuary first and welcoming people back. And that is we're going to take reservations at first. So you can go to our website or our Facebook page and make reservations. And we just cannot wait to see the kids. I know we had a couple, not, not that many this morning. We had two or three kids this morning. And I tell you what, when they came in, you should see our volunteers and workers' faces light up. We're so glad to finally see children back here on Sunday mornings in our church. The next announcement that I want to um, make you all aware of, and that is on next Sunday night at 6 p.m., we are having a family worship night. Now, this family worship night, like I said, is family, which means it's for all ages. It's for people um, that are single, our senior adults, our young adults. It's for people with family, with kids or no kids. We want you all here. That's next Sunday night at 6 p.m. for a family worship night. We have um, a family coming out of Nashville, Tennessee. It's Jonathan and Emily Martin. They're songwriters, singers, and worship leaders, and they're based out of Nashville. So we are just tickled to have them. We've been planning this for over a year to get them up here. They are going to lead us in this family worship, and it is going to be something that you all will not want to miss. And a good thing is, is next Sunday, they'll also be leading our worship services. So you can kind of get a taste of that, and then come back at 6 p.m. for our concert. So as we get started today, I'd love to lead you in a word of prayer. So would you pray with me, please? Father God, we just praise you and thank you for who you are. You're the King of kings and Lord of lords, and God, the creator of everything not just in heaven, but here on earth. God, just help us to rest in your authority right now because we know that this world is just a crazy place, but you're walking right there beside us, Lord, and you give us hope, and I thank you for that hope. I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for my sins because he loved me. Thank you. God, just continue to let us to be that hope. I want to be that hope, God. And I know this church does to our community to outreach and show that love and hope to others and help us to do that. Be with us now as we begin to sing and lift our voices in praise to you, God. And be with Pastor Harold as he brings our message. Oh, how we love you and thank you. We pray these things in the most precious name of Jesus. Amen. Well, good morning, church. How is everybody? Good, good. Um, so we started at 8.30 this morning, and we weren't really sure how it was going to go, but the 8.30 service really sang. So you guys are going to have to step your game up this morning. So stand up together. Uh, there's a little bit of space, so yell at somebody and tell them you're happy to see them. And uh, we're going to sing a little bit this morning. I was married before. 
could carry that kind of weight. It was my turn till I fell. I was breathing, but not alive. All my failures I tried to hide It was my turn Till I met you You called my name And I ran out of that grave Out of the darkness Into your glorious day Your glorious day You called 
Amen. Amen. You guys sound good. Sound good. Uh, before we pray over our offering, um, I wanted to kind of talk to you guys about this next song. But um, like always, we are not passing the offering plate, the black boxes with the signs on them outside of the sanctuary as you walk out uh, is where you can put that. Or you can give online or via text or all sorts of ways. So, um, But uh, I was listening to this song in the car a couple of weeks ago. And I thought about all the things going on in this world and listening to the news and how um, emotionally I can get really overwhelmed by stuff. Um, I get a little angry about hearing this and angry about this and just the divisiveness in this country. So um, when that happens to you, uh, sometimes God will put a song on the radio that will remind you, instead of getting overwhelmed with that stuff, we need to get overwhelmed with his love and his joy and things like that. So let's pray together. Oh, just thank you so much that we are able to come together and worship and sing and just uh, listen to your word. Lord, thank you so much for that and the ability to do it. And thank you for your promise that your word applies to us and it's living. And it is something in there every time we open it that will speak to our lives right at this moment, right now, in whatever season we're in. And Lord, thank you for overwhelming us with blessings and joy. And Lord, just be with us as we have a new schedule for this church. Lord, help us to do it um, with grace with each other and just do it in a way that's pleasing to you and that it be beneficial um, in your kingdom work. Thank you, Lord, for your son, Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.
Anybody overwhelmed by the things of the world? Listen, be overwhelmed by God. Think about God. Think about how beautiful, wonderful, glorious He is. And uh, when you think about Him, some of the other things won't be so overwhelming. And uh, you can run to Him and delight yourself in Him. And uh, life just gets a little easier when, when you think about how big God is. And He's big and glorious and wonderful and beautiful. Amen. So uh, Ephesians, oh, no, not Ephesians, First uh, Timothy chapter 3 this morning. If you want to uh, turn to First Timothy chapter 3, we've been doing a series uh, about being spiritually healthy. Uh, we looked at being healthy at home and being healthy at uh, work. Uh, last week we talked about being healthy in culture, and last week we talked about how Christian unity triumphs over racism, and, um, and I appreciate your encouragement in that word. I I uh, feel like God used that and thankful for that. Thank you for being receptive. Uh, this morning we're going to talk about being healthy at church. In the month of August, uh, Burlington Baptist, they take nominations for people to serve in the row of deacon. And so next week we'll have ballots and, and uh, we invite you to begin to pray about uh, who you would like to, to serve uh, in that row. And uh, let me just say, uh, I'm thankful for the deacons here at Burlington Baptist. They, they've been especially, I mean, this is my first year here, but they've been especially blessing this year uh, because they've helped in so many ways with this virus. And they've parked you in the parking lot and seated you in here and they clean everything. And, uh, and so I just want to, I want to thank them guys. Thank you all for, yeah, yeah, we, you can, uh, you can clap for, for the deacons every now and then. I, I, I'm going to do a, a deacon sermon, and I'm not even going to have a deacon joke this morning. And so uh, I'm just going to appreciate them and uh, thank them. If we want to be a healthy church, though, we, we want and need healthy uh, biblical leadership. And so this morning we're going to talk about qualifications for deacon. 
And let me just say that the call to, to be a deacon is a, it's a, it's a wonderful call of God because God is entrusting the part of the care and the ministry and service of his bride uh, in their hands. And uh, it's so important, and, and deacons take some of the ministry load off pastors and staff so that we can pray and study and prepare and preach and evangelize and do some of the things that God's called us to do. And so the deacons come alongside us and help us with that. And, and so I'm thankful for them. This morning we're going to talk about the qualifications for deacons. Uh, I invite you to stand, and we're going to read verses 8 through 13. And, uh, you know, this is uh, one of those messages, it's, it's not the most exciting, you won't, you know, uh, but from time to time we just need to jump into God's Word and see what it says and be reminded of qualifications for those who serve. And so uh, that's what we're going to do this morning. Deacons, likewise, must be dignified, not double-tongued, not addicted to much wine, not needy for dishonest gain, not greedy for dishonest gain. They must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience and let them also be tested first. Then let them serve as deacons if they prove themselves blameless. Their wives, likewise, must be dignified, not slanderers, but sober-minded, faithful in all things. Let deacons each be the husband of one wife, managing their children in their own households well. For those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves and also great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. And let's pray. Father, uh, we come before you with your word and... Uh, Lord, I want to be a approved worker, rightly dividing your word. Help me to do that, and, and we pray your spirit would help us to understand. Uh, we pray you'll use your word this morning in our lives. Uh, Lord, we, we don't just want to know the qualifications of a deacon, but we want to see some things that, uh, that you're doing in our lives uh, to help us look more like Jesus. Father, I pray that if there's a person here uh, who's outside of a relationship with Jesus, that this morning... Uh, the gospel will be shared, and, and uh, you'll open their eyes to their need of a Savior. And along, Lord, we long to see someone trust you this morning. And so we, we pray you would bless this time and use it for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. If you need to take your mask down, you're welcome to do that. I'm just going to jump in here. The first word in verse 8 is deacon or diakonos. And that word means a servant, a minister. Uh, sometimes it's used just as a general uh, term for those who serve. And so we have many servants in the church. Uh, not many particularly deacons, but many servants. And you all know you don't have to be a deacon to serve. You're, we're all invited to, to serve. But sometimes this word diakonos, this deacon, is used for a more specific term to describe the office or the position of a deacon. And, and that's the case here in, in verse 8. And basically, two uh, defined offices in the church. Both of them are mentioned in 1 Timothy 3. In verse 1, we have the overseer, uh, sometimes called elder, sometimes called pastor. And th those terms seem to be used interchangeably in the scriptures. And uh, I like to think of them as the, the servant leaders of the church. The servant leaders, uh, they exercise oversight, they teach, they lead, they shepherd the church. They're servant leaders because Jesus was a servant leader. The second is in verse 8, deacons, and I like to refer to them as the leading servants in the church. When you're looking for someone to nominate, you look for someone who's serving. The leading servants become recognized as deacons, and, and what the, the overseers, pastors, and deacons have in common is serving. We serve the church. And so the first thing we notice is just the office of a deacon. 
Verse 8, deacons likewise. So likewise takes us back to verse 1, the overseers or the pastor, the elders. There are some spiritual qualifications uh, for those who serve in such offices. And you're going to notice this morning that we're going to talk mostly about qualifications, spiritual qualifications of, of deacons. Uh, let me just point out the, the New Testament doesn't give us real specific uh, function, structure, flow, not real specific. I, I think it gives us some, some room uh, to, to use deacons in regards to different churches in different ages and different needs and different leadership models. And so there's some flexibility in the scriptures. But what we do say, see is that Paul is, is primarily concerned about the spiritual qualifications uh, that he shares with Timothy in regards to those who would serve in Christ's church. And so we have the office of a deacon. Let's notice now the characteristics of a deacon. And in these few verses, there's about ten specific qualifications. The first one in, in verse 8, deacons likewise must be dignified. Dignified. The, the King James uses the word grave. And uh, the word is, in the Greek word is semnos. It, it means serious. It, it could be dignified, uh, worthy of respect, respected. It's an ideal of someone who understands the seriousness of spiritual matters. So this is the person that's not flipping about things, who doesn't make light of, of very serious things, and a person who understands the seriousness of life. Now, that doesn't mean you can't have some humor and enjoy life and, and laugh. I mean, we, we can do all those things and still be uh, serious. And, so, and there are times when you have to be more serious and more dignified. But dignified is the first one. The second one is not double-tongued. Uh, Jim, this is an interesting word. It's the only time it's used in the New Testament. It, it's dialogos. Di is two. Logos is word. It's, it's two-tongued. Uh, somebody say, what does it mean to have two tongues? Well, the best way we, we understand is someone that says one thing to one person and something else to someone else. It's kind of two-faced, we'd say. And so this person might tell you something and tell me something else. And uh, we, all, we all know people like that, probably. Probably we do. And so integrity of speech is, is important. And, and those who serve in the church, are, they're often privy to some <clears throat> very personal, private matters. Uh, serious spiritual issues sometimes. And so there's a great need for spiritual leaders to speak with integrity and honesty and consistency and, and confidentiality sometimes and, and with a whole lot of grace. And so I think we could say a deacon shouldn't be a gossip. Neither should any of us, uh, but especially a deacon. And uh, a deacon doesn't spread speculation or twist the truth. As a matter of fact, they're, they're kind of called to put an end to discord in, in uh, protecting the, the mission of the church and the leadership of the church and the, the unity of the church. So they certainly were asked to do that in, in Acts chapter 6. The third one here in verse 8 is not addicted to much wine. Now, we might read that and say, well, why didn't they just say not addicted to, not given to any wine? And, and the answer to that is in the first century, uh, Jewish people drank a weak wine because the water was contaminated. And, and so that was pretty customary. Uh, but Paul does give us some cautions here in regards to much wine. And uh, you, all, you all know where, where I stand on this. Uh, we know the devastating effects of alcohol in our society. 
uh, in our homes, in our marriages, in the witness of the church. And so I believe that we can best honor the Lord and protect the testimony of His church by abstaining from alcohol. And so I encourage leaders of the church to do that. Uh, Paul said in Romans 14, 13, we should decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. We're to determine not to put a stumbling block. If you saw me drinking, which you won't, but if you saw me drinking or if I posted something of me drinking, that would be a stumbling block to many. Now, we could argue that. Uh, I've had people come to me and share that they, what they saw was, was a stumbling block. And so uh, we, we're, we're not to do that. And I, I think the same is true of our leaders, our deacons, our life group leaders, if, if you're in a leadership position. Uh, and so let me just say this. It's, it's okay to, to disagree here. And I, I'm trying not to be legalistic about this. But I, but I know, and uh, I know alcohol is a stumbling block. And uh, at the very least, uh, I hope that if you do drink alcohol, you'll avoid making posts, especially social media posts about alcohol, in order not to offend others. And, uh, and that's, uh, if that's asking too much, and then maybe you shouldn't serve in a leadership position. Uh, because there, there are some extra responsibilities for those who serve in such capacity. Fourth thing there is not greedy for dishonest gain. Now, King James here is uh, not greedy for filthy lucre. I, I don't know what the lucre is, but most translations say not, uh, not greedy for dishonest gain. They're, they're talking about money. And uh, there are lots of warnings in the scriptures about uh, love of money, being greedy. And uh, in Paul's day, those who served, uh, they'd often handle the funds. Uh, and they would have funds available for widows and orphans and the needy. And, and I, actually, they, they would have a little purse that they would wear on them to, to keep those funds. And, and they would be involved in the collection of, of uh, gifts and, and, and offerings and, and whatnot. And, and so probably always a temptation to kind of put your hand in that little pouch and, and use some of that for yourself. And, and so Paul said, you know, make sure you have some who uh, don't have a love for that. And we have to guard ourselves against such desires and greed. And so I'm going to just point out that the character issues that we see here in verse 8. They, they don't love money. They don't linger after wine. They don't speak hypocritically or dishonestly. They, they have a seriousness in mind and, and life. Now, no one's perfect in these uh, I want to say that. I, I know whenever we, people are nominated for deacons and being a parent, we, we say, listen, I'm not worthy. We, we, none of us feel worthy of these. So we're not perfect here, but, but these are all things that hopefully we're growing in these areas. And I, I want to point this out. I'm going to point it out a couple times this morning. These are all present tense characteristics. Maybe you struggled with greed or alcohol or integrity at some point, and God has changed your heart, and he is teaching you and growing you that's Paul's concern here is is where are you at right now in your walk with the Lord then it says that they uh, verse 9 they hold they must hold the mystery of the faith in other words deacons must understand Christian faith and doctrine and let me just say especially the gospel gospel people Uh, listen every time I preach I want to make sure I share the gospel Apart from the gospel, we, we don't have a church to serve. And so we want people to know, listen, we have a creator. We sang about him this morning, and he is glorious and beautiful and wonderful. And he created us and loves us, and he's holy and set apart. 
and God created us, and we're sinners. And we do it our way instead of His way. And our sin separates us from Him. And the good news of the gospel is that God sent His Son, Jesus. And Jesus came and came to this earth, and He lived a sinless life. And then He went to the cross. And on the cross, He became sin for us. Took my sin, died in my place. And so every believer, and especially leaders, they need to know the gospel that Christ died in accordance with Scripture. He was buried on the third day. He arose in accordance with the Scriptures. And through His resurrection, He had victory over death and hell. And He offers the forgiveness of our sins. And we need to hold to that and be clear about that. And so hold the mystery of the faith. And then it says with a clear conscience. I think that means that they base their decisions upon the Word of God. Um, and, and so I, I think as we grow in the Word, the, the stronger our theology and our understanding of the Bible, uh, the stronger our faith, and, and the stronger will be our conscience of our faith. And, and, the, and our conscience is often proportional uh, to the body of truth that we're committed to. And so, uh, as you're looking for deacons, you, you find, some, find some men who are growing in the faith. Uh, and there's some out there. I see some every week. And then it says, verse 11, or verse, back to verse 10, uh, and let them also be tested first. Tested. Uh, Dakimazo. That, that word means to approve after testing. It's the word used for uh, sending the silver through the refining and, and the impurities being drawn off. And it's a present passive, which means it's an ongoing test. In other words, Paul says, let them continually be being tested. Continually be being tested. And uh, now some of people say, I, I don't like that. I don't think we should test people. I, I, don't, I don't think that's judgmental. Well, I just, I just remind people when, when we come to the Word, we don't get a vote on it. Uh, God, God's Word is true and sure and pure. And so if it's what it says, we, 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 don't, we, we like to vote on things and we like to have our opinion, but when God says it. And so He says, test them continually, put them to the test. They are representing the Lord's church. And uh, it's part of serving. If, if you don't want to be tested by the church, then don't be a pastor or a deacon. Um, now, what kind of test is it? It's not a written test, amen? No, no, no written test. It's just an ongoing general assessment by the church as they evaluate your life and service. And uh, it's not a one-time test. It's not a probationary period. It's, it's an ongoing evaluation as we're growing in our faith, being tested. Then verse 10, then let them serve as deacons if they prove themselves blameless. Now, not sinless. If you had to be sinless, we'd have no pastor or deacons. Y'all know that. And so don't expect that. Uh, don't expect it from me. I mean, I want to pursue Christ-likeness, but blameless. Angekletos means beyond reproach, free of accusations. Uh, basically, it means there's nothing in their lives that, that, uh, that they could be accused of or, or found disqualifying them uh, as a spiritual leader of the church. And so there's a sense in which Paul says a deacon should be morally pure in heart and uh, in the perception of others as well. Now, verse 11, their wives or women, depending on your translation, likewise must be dignified, not slanderers, but sober-minded, faithful in all things. 
And so Paul could be saying that a deacon's wife is an important part of his ministry. And as such, she should be dignified. Same word as back in verse 8. Women who are serious about the ministry, uh, not given to slanderous talk, but, but sober-minded or temperate, and they're to be faithful in all they do for the glory of the Lord Jesus. Uh, so the wife of a deacon is also be taken into consideration. Now, let me just say from verse 11, uh, it's difficult to determine if Paul is meaning a deacon's wife or women who are deaconesses. And you say, well, why do you say that? Well, uh, the word that Paul uses, gynaeco, is sometimes translated as women, and sometimes it's translated as wives, and, and the only way to decide is the context. And so, obviously, some people come to verse 11, and they see a different context. And, and so, uh, I, I just point that out, that there can be a, a difference of view right there in verse 11. Uh, I, I think we can be certain that uh, a women are not to serve in, in the first row in verse 1 of overseer because one of the things required of an overseer, pastor, is teaching. And in chapter 2, verse 12, Paul says, I don't permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man. And so I think they're excluded from that office, uh, but maybe not so much from, from that of deacon or deaconess. Uh, and we know the vital role uh, that women play in the church. I mean, we'd be in trouble without them. Uh, Lord, I, I know here at, at this church, uh, they're encouragers. They serve. They teach each other. They teach our children. They undergird us with prayers. And, and so I'm so thankful for the ladies here at, at Burlington Baptist Church, for sure. Now, verse 12, let deacons each be the husband of one wife. Now, here's another verse that's been debated for centuries. A husband of one wife. The, the actual Greek phrase is mia, which is one. I'll teach you all some Greek this morning. I, I had a hard time with it in, in seminary, so I'm no way can teach you. But mia is one. And then we got this word gynaeco, which is wife or woman. And then andra, which is man or husband. And so literally a one woman man or a one wife husband. And... Uh, this phrase has been understood in different ways. Uh, some think it prohibits a man from having more than one wife. Well, that would be polygamy, and it certainly does prohibit that. Uh, you know, I don't think that such a person would be uh, considered for an office in the first century, uh, but it certainly prevents a person from having more than one wife. Uh, the second common understanding of this phrase uh, takes it to mean that a man could not be divorced and serve as a deacon. And, and that is the way that I was taught that this phrase meant uh, early on. I've studied this verse for years. I, I think that's wrong. Uh, first of all, if Paul meant to say that a man could not have been divorced, he could have used a, a word in the Greek that says uh, let a man cannot be divorced. The word means to put away. And uh, that would have solved the problem. And if he'd have said that, then we would have preached that. But he, he didn't use that word. Instead, he says, a one-woman man. The second problem with that never divorced is that all the previous qualifications are present tense characteristics. Um, Paul doesn't say a, a person has always been dignified, never been greedy, uh, never been given to wine. Uh, what if you got drunk at your senior prom? Would you never be able to serve in the church? Well, probably not. Well, what if you were greedy in your 20s? I was. Does that mean I'm always disqualified? No. We, 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 it's present tense. If, 
Uh, I mean, there's been times in our lives where we've not been blameless. And so all these qualifications, I'll just remind you, they're present tense, where you are right now in your walk. And so to take one item out of a list and treat it differently, that, that's not the way we do Bible uh, interpretation. Uh, but sometimes people say, well, if you've ever been divorced, uh, what if you were divorced before you were saved? Uh, all your sins are forgiven, but you can't serve in Christ's church. Uh, Psalm 119, 160, 119, 160 has been helpful. It, the sum of your word is truth. And what that means is we, we, we bring the scriptures together and, and see what they teach. And uh, we don't see anything else like that in scriptures where a sin that we can repent of and find forgiveness and restoration, we, we see that throughout the scriptures. And uh, so I think that verse has often been misinterpreted and, and we've almost made divorce as the unpardonable sin. Not, not this church, but, but some have. And I just remind people, Moses murdered a man. God used him in a big way, didn't he? David committed adultery. God kept his hand upon him. Uh, Paul was instrumental in murdering Christians, and he is the one here writing this. And so, God, God let me say this. Don't, don't hear me wrong this morning. God hates divorce. Can we say that? We can. It, I mean, Malachi says it, but God hates lying. Cheating. God hates gossip. God hates stealing. God, God hates murder. God hates lust. God hates, I mean, God hates sin. And so, uh, and we can say that. God hates sin. Uh, and so, uh, but, but some have basically said you can do all these others and change your life and be a deacon except this one thing. You can't be divorced. And uh, Paul doesn't say that. And so, uh, I, I don't want to ever be guilty of adding to uh, something that isn't written in the Bible. Uh, Paul does say that a deacon is to be a man who is a one-woman man. And that means he's faithful to his wife. And uh, you, you're, you're unqualified if you're unfaithful. And you can be unfaithful in your actions or in your heart to the woman who is your wife. And, and listen, I, I know men who are, they've only been married once, but they're not a one-woman man. They're, they're a big flirt. Or they're addicted to pornography. Uh, listen, those are the ones that are disqualified. If, if you're involved in pornography, you're, you're unqualified to serve. Now, you can get past that and repent of that and, and grow in that. But, and, and if you're a big flirt with other ladies who's not your wife, you're unqualified. And so uh, the, the question is, is a man's heart and life totally devoted to the woman who is his wife? And then Paul adds a, a last one, managing his children and household well. And I think this is the most neglected one. I, I'm, I don't know that I've ever heard this question asked in a deacon ordination is, uh, are you managing or ru ruling your children and your household well? You see, a man's relationship to his wife and his children are good indicators of how he'll lead and serve in the church. And, and we're called to be good stewards of our children. We're to point our children to, to Jesus. We're to discipline them in love. And, 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 and we're to be good stewards of, of all of our resources and, and possessions. And, and how someone solves their problems at home is, is, is an indicator of how they'll handle situations in the church. And so a deacon is to be totally devoted to his wife, managing his children and his possessions well. And when I say well, I'm, I'm talking about according to God's standards, not, not so much the, the world's standards. 
Um, so I would say to church, you find some men who possess these characteristics and they'll make some good deacons. And, uh, and again, Christians, for all of us in here, <clears throat> you, you might have tuned out and said, well, I'm not going to be a deacon. I don't need to hear this. All of us should be striving and growing in all these areas because that would bring glory to God. And so the office of a deacon, the characteristics, lastly, the rewards for deacon. And, and here's where I really want you to listen. Maybe, maybe you've thought about serving as deacon or, or decided not to. Or Listen to verse 13. For those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves and also great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. Now this is marvelous. Those who serve well in the areas they gain or they obtain a good standing for themselves. They gain or, or acquire by their faithful service a good standing. What, what's that saying? Well, I think it's saying that when you serve well as a deacon, you're kind of put on a pedestal. Now, you might hear me say that and say, well, that sounds prideful. Well, if you want to be put on a pedestal yourself and you seek that yourself, that is prideful. But if you serve and God puts you on a pedestal, then, then that's not prideful. Uh, the Bible says that. Uh, James says it. Matter of fact, God opposes the proud. He gives grace to the humble. He, he exalts the humble. And so what Paul is saying is those who serve well will, will gain good standings. And uh, in, in humility, we don't do it for that reason, but, but this is the, the results. And, and even more importantly, not only does God grant you a good standing in the sight of men, but but I believe one day you'll hear, you'll hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. Good and faithful deacon. Well done. You served well. And also great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. I, I have found this verse to be so true. Listen, if you serve well as a deacon, you're going to gain respect and good standings. And that will bring with it some boldness. Some boldness and confidence to stand on the word of God. And here's what will happen. God will bless your service, and you'll begin to see His power and grace at work in your life, and He will use you to accomplish His purposes in His church, and God will get the glory for it. That, that's the picture. And I, I could say a little bit more about the rewards of serving Christ. I mean, it's the, the greatest blessing in the world. Um, but let me just close by saying that God's looking for a few good servants. And He's not concerned about your popularity or, or what kind of business man you are or how how much is in your financial portfolio or man he's looking at the condition of your heart and, and he he's looking for someone who has a heart for him and who's growing in godliness and has a desire to serve and uh, my prayer is that god would continue to raise up those kind of servants here in his church and uh, may he aspire some of you to to such positions of service and leadership and and before I close, let me just say this to some of you. I know some of you, and this has been this way in every church I've ever been in. Some people had, have served as deacons in the past and had a bad experience. That, that happens sometimes. And, uh, and they've just got a bad taste in their mouth, and uh, they're not interested in serving again. I, I just want to say this, and I, and I say this with humility, but I hope nobody ever promised that it was going to be easy. I don't think anybody ever said, hey, would you be a deacon and it'll be the, it'll be a, no. And Jesus went to a cruel cross. It wasn't easy. We're glad he did. And so I, if you're considering being a deacon, I, I don't want you to hear me say it'll be easy. It won't be easy. Matter of fact, I don't see any easy days coming. I mean, the, the needs are greater. 
there's an enemy who is at an all-out war against the church, and people are selfish. Everybody's busy. It takes time and it, to, to serve, and so it won't be easy. All those things are true. Uh, but listen, when you come to the end of your life, can, can you think of anything better for someone to say is, man, he loved the Lord and he loved serving his church? Can you think of anything better? He loved the Lord Jesus and he loved serving his church. And so listen, the Lord's looking for a few good servants. Maybe you would be one of those. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for your word and Again, I thank you for those who serve in this church, for the deacons. Lord, I thank you for the ones who've served in the past. And Lord, for the ones that you're working in their lives now, I I pray for them. Uh, Lord, I I pray that uh, we would all be growing in godliness. Uh, Lord, we need your help. Uh, Lord, it's so hard to, uh, to live a life of purity. And there's an enemy who wants to take us out of the game, uh, who wants to lead us into temptation. Lord, help us to to stand firm, to rely upon you, to put on the armor. Uh, Lord, I pray this morning that you would raise up more and more servants in your church and uh, give them a desire to serve you. Lord, if there's someone here this morning that's not saved, I, I pray that they would know how much you love them and that you came from heaven to save them and that they'll turn from their sins and believe they'll be saved this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand with me? And <clears throat> it's just kind of a time of commitment, invitation. Uh, listen, this morning we talked about spiritual qualifications to serve as a deacon. And, and some of you may say, well, I'm a, I'm a long ways from there. Let me just say the first step is a relationship with Christ. Uh, we, we can't be blameless and holy apart from him and, and so he he invites us to turn from ourself from any good thing that we can do and turn to him and in faith come to him and when we come to him in faith he gives us his holy spirit and the spirit comes and helps us helps us to say no to temptations helps us to walk in the spirit helps us to do the things that we can't do on ourse- ourselves and so if if you're not saved this morning, you've never trusted Jesus, I, I'd love to speak to you about a relationship with Christ, and uh, if you've got something else going on, if you've got something in your life that, that's preventing you from serving in some capacity, uh, I'd, lo- I'd love to pray with you about that, or help you, or maybe you need to join the church, whatever the Lord might be doing in your life this morning, if I can if I can minister to you some way, I'll put my mask on, and I'll be down front, and uh, I'd be glad to, to help you this morning.
Thank you so much. So good to see you this morning. Uh, just a couple things. Uh, we talked about uh, deacon selection. Uh, we'll have ballots next week. Uh, we'll do that a couple extra weeks this year because of COVID. But we'll also be emailing those and uh, sending those out uh, so that we can get those out to our members who aren't able to come right now. Uh, so be praying about that, uh, who, who you want to, to serve this, uh, this body. And uh, our Bible study at 9.30, I just want to encourage you maybe to, if you only come for service, to, to come early and we'll help you find a, a Bible study group. Uh, that would be a privilege. Uh, man, I love going this morning. Did you? Did you learn? All right, that was good. So thank you for, again, being flexible with our schedule and allowing us to change that. Uh, I'm going to get Ben to come down here. You, you want to share a couple of announcements, and I'll, yeah. I'll pray for Ben. Uh, real quick, so next week um, we have the August 9th. They're doing the concert, and they are going to lead worship. Uh, so that's going to be nice. Uh, you don't have to deal with us next week. So that's a week break for you guys, uh, from us. But uh, August 21st, that's our full-on glow stick, Jamby Jam for Jesus. That's at 930. We've got four food trucks. We're trying to make it a big deal. We are going to do a, a baptism outside. Harold and I would like to speak with you if you plan on getting baptized or want to get baptized before then. Um, other than that, what are we missing? I think that's about it. I think it's it. That's it. All right. Yeah. I got Ben to come down. This is Ben Hogue, and uh, many of you know him, but uh, uh, he's been a blessing to us. Uh, he's led uh, our young adult group. And uh, anyway, his job kind of was a victim of COVID, and uh, he got a job this week up in Grand Rapids, and uh, this is maybe his last Sunday here. And I just want to praise the Lord for, for him. He, he's one of those uh, young men who love the Lord, uh, come sometimes when he's the only one in his age group, and uh, just had a hunger for the Lord, and would make a good deacon. And I know God will use him in some special ways. Uh, but y'all pray for Ben as, as uh, God moves him to Grand Rapids, Michigan. And I just want to express my appreciation for you. I, I want to pray for you, and uh, maybe after I pray for you, maybe you could pray for us and dismiss us. Would that be all right? All right. Can he use your microphone after that? And uh, so let me pray. And then y'all stay for being, yeah, he's got a, yeah, he's got a lot of, he's gifted, man. Lord, thank you for just the time to gather this morning. And uh, I want to pray especially for Ben today as uh, you've got a, a new plan for his life. And uh, as he moves, we pray your hand of blessing to be upon him. And Lord, I pray you would send him to a good church up there in Grand Rapids, and uh, plug him in. Uh, Lord, I know that uh, you can use him, and I know his desire is to be used by you. And uh, Lord, I know he has a big view of who you are and and uh, your salvation. And I just pray a special blessing upon him. Thank you for allowing us to, to meet, and he's a brother, and I love him, and I thank you for him, and I ask you to bless him, Lord, I pray. Dear Lord, um, I do thank you we could gather here this morning, Lord, and that for this past year that I have been able to be um, a part of this um, church here, Lord, and just worship and serve and um, learn alongside all of these brothers and sisters. I just pray that as we go out today, Lord, that we would um, be uh, dedicated to sharing your word, Lord, and making you known um, uh, um, among our communities. Um, we may not be deacons and leaders in our church, Lord, but we can be spiritual leaders in our communities, um, and I pray that you would show us how we can best do that, Lord. So in your name that we pray, amen.